Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, I just want to say thank you to the Lord. It's because of His grace that He delivered me out of great darkness. And brought me into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to thank the leadership of this house for trusting me enough to come and speak. I know that a lot of things I tend to say may be a little too much for many to hear. But this is the day. This is the hour. The things that I spoke of at the Citadel for three years that a lot of people just couldn't hear Well, you see it on the news now, so now we can open the gates and talk about those things that have been in plain sight all these years, but there has been a veil over many eyes. But before we start, I just want to declare a verse and then pray and uh, move forward. You remember Daniel saw uh, the statue, the head of gold the chest of silver, the big statue, the bronze image, and the legs of iron, and then clay. And it says that a stone was slung from heaven, and it toppled this great image. And that stone was slung by the Lord Jesus Christ, because he who has no sin, let him cast the first stone. He has no sin, so he slings a rock, which is himself, and he demolishes the kingdoms of this world. And we are coming close to that day. The kingdom is already in us, thriving and growing for those who allow it to continue to grow. It says, this mixture of iron with clay also shows that these kingdoms of this world will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage and through their rulers. Just study who married who, not for love, but for power. But this will not succeed, for iron and clay don't mix. So Daniel 2, verse 44, During the reign of those kings, the kings that are ruling now, The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. No one will ever conquer it. It will shatter all these kingdoms into nothingness. But it shall stand forever indestructible. God's kingdom is indestructible. And He will come with the armies of heaven and with the breath of His mouth, His exhale, His... (sighs) He vanquishes His enemies. So if you're watching today and you're in any fear, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. So Father, I just thank you for your presence, your mighty, mighty presence. And we just bind every second, third heaven flow that's not of you. We command it to go and be shut out. And we ask God for hearts to receive the word, the implanted word of God, which saves our souls. And I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 
As many of you know, we don't come to church to gather to just get good information from the speaker. Those days are over. This jellyfish gospel that's been preached for so long is gone. Jesus didn't come to earth to give us a bunch of good ideas that we could use if we just felt like it. When we felt like it. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, my words are spirit and they are truth. They're living words. In other words, Jesus said, if you follow me, these are the truths about me and my kingdom. They are to be implemented into your life like a seed planted in soil that begins to grow and shoot forth. Growth. And we know that Jesus did not come to just have a nice garden called Eden. That battleground of Eden was supposed to take over the world. So it takes over us. If we aren't taking the truths from the mouth of Christ as pearls of great price and allowing those truths to push out the old ways of thinking in us, His word has no place in us. Like Proverbs says, crying out for wisdom and crying out for understanding, through wisdom a house is built. Amen. Well, I wanted to, uh, when I was asked to to come and speak, obviously, uh, because I love to teach, and that is my gift set, uh, I'm kind of like an old tick on a dog that's been not been found for a long time, so I'm full. And for many that don't understand that, don't worry about it, I won't get into it. Uh, but, but because Vic said I only had till 4.30, I better get started. Uh, let's see, uh, let's go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 14. I'm going to blaze through this. I'm just going to read it, but I want you to take note. Ezekiel 14, then some of the elders of Israel visited me, this is Ezekiel talking, to ask me for a message from the Lord. Well, that's great that the leadership was actually trusting the prophets back in those days. I digress. And this is the message that came to me to give to them. Son of dust, these men worship idols in their hearts. Should I let them ask me anything? Tell them, the Lord God says, I, the Lord, will personally deal with anyone in Israel who worships idols and then comes to me and asks me for help. For I will punish the minds and the hearts of those who turn from me to idols. Has God ever changed? Thank you. Therefore, warn them that the Lord God says, repent and destroy your idols, and stop worshiping them in your hearts. I, the Lord, will personally punish everyone, whether people of Israel or the foreigners living among you, who rejects me for idols, and then comes to a prophet to ask for my help and advice. I will turn upon him and make a terrible example of him, destroying him, and you shall know that I am the Lord." And if one of the false prophets gives him a message anyway, 
It's not from me. It's a lie. His prophecy will not come true, and I will stand against that prophet and destroy him from among the people of Israel. False prophets and hypocrites, evil people who say they want my words, all will be punished for their sins. If you say you want the word of the Lord, then receive it and live by it. Because now it's in you, and you will be judged by it. Then the message of the Lord came to me, Son of dust, when the people of this land sinned against me, I will crush them with my fist. Dana covered stones, fist punch of the calendar here. And break off their food supply. Have you heard about the land hurricane that took all the seed out of America here a while back? I, I, if I had time, I'd show you every single thing, how the states are buying for food right now. They tell you not to worry, not to panic. There's very little food out there because of COVID and the wildfires and all the 30-something storms that have hit the Gulf this year. I digress. There's nothing to see there. Verse 14, if Noah, Daniel, and Job were here today, they alone would be saved by their righteousness, and I would destroy the remainder of Israel, says the Lord. When I send an invasion of dangerous wild animals into the land to devastate the land, even if, even if these three men were here, the Lord God swears that it would do them no good. It would not save the people from their doom. Those three only would be saved. God specifically pulls out these three men and says, they, because of their righteousness, the way they're living unto me, they would be right with me. But everyone else, I'm sorry. They didn't take my word. Or when I bring war, verse 17, against the land and tell the armies of the enemy to come, Destroy everything here. Verse 19, And when I pour out my fury by sending an epidemic of disease into the land, and the plague kills man and beast alike. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were living there, the Lord God says only they would be saved because of their righteousness. Verse 21, And the Lord says four great punishments await Jerusalem to destroy all life. War, Famine, ferocious beasts, and plagues. If there are any survivors and they come here to join you as exiles in Babylon, you will see with your own eyes how wicked they are, and you will know it was right for me to destroy Jerusalem. Did you know that we're living in Babylon today? Did you know that we are exiles in Babylon? Did you know that we are Israelites living under Pharaoh's system and God is starting to deal with the spirits that are unseen? He's beginning to tear down all the principalities, the rulers, and the thrones. And that is why we have so much tumultuous things going on because God has taken control. He's never had lost it. But he's taking it and saying, enough. And if you think about it, Noah, Daniel, and Job, they all lived in the same time frames with the same difficulties that are coming upon the world now. So what saved these three men, 
their faith in God and living according to his word, like 1 John says, obey my commandments and you will live, so is the same today. We need to take the truths found in the word of God like a mirror and look at ourselves and wash ourselves with the blood of the Lamb. So, the Lord says, should I let those men who worship idols in their hearts inquire of me? I would love to go through a list of just all of our idols. We can sit here smugly and arrogant and say, we have no idols. Ask the Lord if you have any idols. Just sit and ask and wait. Do you think he wants your temple full of idols? No. He's a loving God, so he'll gladly say, My son, I'd love to take care of these idols. Let's get them out of the house. He will love to do that. He's not mad at us, but he wants a clean house. He wants a clean house. He said, Repent. That's just, Lord, forgive me for walking with these idols. I'm turning away from them, and I'm going to move on. Repentance is turning. Just turn. Turn away. We must become aware of what's in our hearts. Are we aware of our ways? If the Lord were to follow you, not in the way you're walking, but in your thought processes, the paths of life, what ways are you walking in? He gives us an example of these men who walked with him and no idols were found in their hearts. When Jesus would come to the temple in the New Testament and he would be looking in the temple. And what did he do when he found things that he didn't like? He drove it out. Guess what? We are now the temples of God. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes up in you and begins to look through your life, He wants to kick out that which should not be in there. I'm telling you, a cleansing is coming to the body of Christ that we have never seen. And it would be better to be on the front end, falling on the rock, before the rock begins to fall on us. Amen? I want to read what the Lord told me the other night. He said, son, tell my people, this is the hour for courage. My remnant will rise up and take advantage of these times. He's opened the door to step into a deeper, more mature mature faith. It's time for the idol of religion to come down. It's time for my lovers, those who pursue me to shine, to live out my heart upon the earth, to those in whom scriptures say that the world was not worthy of them, not because of any works that they had done, but as much as my love poured through them, to those I have placed around them to love. And then he said, me. Because what we do unto the least of our brethren, we do unto him. What do you say to my brethren? What you do to my brethren, you do unto me. It's the time to cast your nets, church, of your love upon those that I lead you to. So set your mind on me. 
Be aware like a batter in the batter's box in need of a sharp eye ready for the pitch that's about to come. Like Noah, Job, and Daniel exampled in the midst of their own difficult periods of their lifetime, so you live out your faith in me now. For I am calling forth my Daniels, my Josephs, my Nehemiahs, my Esthers, my Deborahs, my Ehuds. A day to know that our fight is not in this physical realm. If we seek Him in prayer, if we wait at His gate outside His house, we will find Him. I could go through, if we had time, the life of Noah, the life of Daniel, and the life of Job and just give you bullet points of the things that you can find in the Torah, in the writings, in the prophets, and in the New Testament which are all the scriptures of God, not just cut up like dispensational, that's no longer, this is today. No, his word stands forever. Every jot and tittle. So how he moved and spoke in the Old Testament, it's revealed in Christ Jesus because he's the walking Torah. Jesus is the commentary of the Torah. So now that the Torah lives in us, the law of God, Moving in grace, we can move by the Holy Spirit and live in a way that's pleasing unto God. Now listen, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Not by works, not that I can boast. We're saved by grace through faith. But now that you're saved, the grace of God empowers you to say no to sin and ungodliness and yes to godliness. If your life is not changing internally and your dead works aren't falling off, we have a problem. We have a big problem. Because the Lord said we'll be judged for what we've been given. What'd you do with it? So turn to Proverbs. We're going to Proverbs 8. I'm going to read Proverbs uh, 1 just for a second, not the whole chapter. But while you're going to Proverbs 8, Proverbs 1. These are the Proverbs of King Solomon of Israel. How many know that was David's son and King Solomon was given wisdom from God? Everybody know that King Solomon was given wisdom from God. Everybody knows that King Solomon was given wisdom from God. I'm not having a glitch. I'm just trying to get this settled, right? Proverbs are not just truisms. They're wisdom from God. They're wisdom from God. Verse 2, he wrote them... To teach his people how to live. How to act in every circumstance. For he wanted them to be understanding, just, and fair in everything they did. Noah, Job, Daniel. And if you keep reading, it'll say, and even Moses and Samuel, my servants. There's five men that God repeats over and over. And it's not that he doesn't like women. It's just he's making a point. Yes. 
Proverbs 8. Now, as a believer, if you spend time daily in his presence, and I don't mean as I'm curling my hair, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I mean going away, saying, I consecrate this time to you because you have shed your blood, you have cleansed my hands, and I can come to the hill, and I, Lord, can open up my gates and ask that the ancient gates be open, and I can boldly come before you, and I sit and I wait. I wait outside your gates. I wait outside your house, and I ask you to speak, Lord, because I need you. That's calling on the Lord, waiting on Him, and then you... Chapter 8, can't you hear the voice of wisdom? She is standing at the city gates. Let's just establish this right now. You are a city, Matthew 5, 14. You are a city on a hill. And this is where your gates are at. At the head, at the high place. Every king of Israel, the good kings, were called good kings because they tore down the high places. Your mind is a high place. This is the high place of your temple. What's ruling here? She's standing at the city gates, my eye gates, my ear gate, my mouth gate. She's standing at the gates. What am I hearing? What am I thinking? What am I about to say? If we would listen to wisdom, wisdom is there going, don't say that. Don't do that. Go here. Do this. Say that. And at every fork in the road, decisions are forks in the road. Every decision that you're going to make in life is a fork in the road. Should I do this? Should I do that? I'm at the crossroads, and the Holy Spirit is saying, I have words. I have something to say. And at the door of every house, which is your heart, listen to what she says. Listen, men, she calls. How foolish and naive you are. Let me give you understanding. Oh, foolish ones, let me show you common sense. Listen to me, for I have important information for you. Everything I say is right and true. And I hate lies and every kind of deception. You want to hear the real news? Let wisdom tell you what's going on. Listen to this. She says, My advice is wholesome and good. There is nothing evil in it. My words are plain and clear to anyone with half a mind if it is only open to me. My instruction is far more valuable than silver or gold. For the value of wisdom is far above rubies. Nothing can be compared with it. Wisdom and good judgment live together. Wisdom and good judgment live together. For wisdom knows 
where to, where to discover knowledge and understanding. You want to have knowledge and understanding? Wisdom will take you there. Now, just for a second, I want to tell you, I really mean this. If you spend time with the Lord and we shut our big mouths and listen, you will meet wisdom. Wisdom is a true spirit from God. Isaiah 11, the seven spirits of God. Wisdom, counsel, knowledge, the fear of the Lord. These are all representations, same spirit, different expressions. You will meet wisdom. And when you meet wisdom, your life will change. You'll begin to wait before you do a thing. Wait before you say a thing. Because you'll find out wisdom is like a dove. And if you reject her, she backs off. For the value of wisdom is far above rubies. Man. Verse 13. If anyone respects and fears God, he will hate evil. For wisdom hates pride, arrogance, corruption, and deceit of every kind. So go before the Lord, verse 13, and say, Lord, I want to respect you. And I want to fear you reverently. And Lord, I want to hate evil. And I don't want any pride in my life. I don't want any arrogance in my life. I don't want any corruption, God. No deceit. Wash me. Verse 14. I, wisdom, give good advice and common sense because of my strength. Kings reign in power. I show the judges who is right and who is wrong. I show the judges of the land. Who is right? Who is wrong? But we know that these systems of this world are all corrupt. If you can't see it now, you're blind. You have a veil over your mind. Open up your mind. We are living in Babylon. We are in exile. Hopefully we're all awake now. And we see that there is an elite Luciferian group ruling. But that does, that's okay. God's not surprised by it. He's not up there wringing his hands. He's raised us up for such a time as this. Remember Noah? Remember Job? Remember Daniel? Remember Deborah? Remember, Jesus came to destroy the works of darkness. And he might not destroy it the way we think. Two things going on here. We're not only in the end times, according to Hebrews, in the last days Jesus came to teach, right? In Hebrews 1, in sundry times in various ways, in these last days I have come, right? And in 1 John, oh, little children, we're in the last hour. We've been in the last hour for 2,000 years. We're in the last minutes. The boat's almost done. I love all who love me. Those who search for me shall surely find me. Unending riches, honor, justice, and righteousness are mine to distribute. My gifts are better than the purest gold or sterling silver. My paths are those of justice and right. Those who love me and follow me are indeed wealthy. I fill their treasuries. The Lord formed me in the beginning. Here we're going to learn who wisdom is. 
Buckle your seatbelt. The Lord formed me, wisdom says, in the beginning, before he created anything else. From ages past, I am. What? I'm Moses, and I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm like, you want me to go to Pharaoh? Who should I say had sent me? I am. From ages past, I am. I existed before the earth began. I lived before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth from their waters on the earth, before the mountains and the hills were made. Yes, I was born before God made the earth and fields and the high plateaus. I was there when he established the heavens and formed the great springs in the depths of the ocean. I was there when he set the limits of the seas and gave them his instructions not to spread beyond their boundaries. I was there when he made the blueprint for the earth and the oceans. I was always at his side like a little child. I was his constant delight, laughing and playing in his presence. And how happy I was with what he created. His wide world and all his family of mankind. And so, young men, listen to me. For how happy are all who follow my instructions. Listen to my counsel. Oh, don't refuse it. And be wise. Happy is the man who's so anxious to be with me that he watches for me daily at my gates and waits for me outside my home. Wait a minute. Where's your gates? Where's your house? You are. For whoever finds me parentheses, seeks, me, finds life, and wins approval from the Lord. But the one who misses me has injured himself irreparably. Those who refuse me show that they love death. How many know wisdom? How many have met the spirit of wisdom in their studies? All of a sudden, it lifts off the page, and you know that somebody else is teaching you now. It's not just your good ideas. I want to know what wisdom looks like. I want to know the garments they wear. I want to understand it. I met wisdom, not because I'm so good. It's because I was so desperate to know the Lord. We have to come back to a time where we throw away all our presuppositional eschatological views. And oh, and I'm a dispensationalist, I'm a premillennialist, I'm a preterist. I'm, who cares what you are? I want to be one that listens. I want to be one that hears and walks like Jesus did. I don't want an intellectual gospel. I want a gospel that transforms me. So even though I walk around humble in exile, on the inside I'm a roaring lion because the lion of the tribe of Judah has taken up residence within me. If you believe me and follow my words, Jesus says me and the Father will come and abide in you. I'm hearing voices. Good. Now bind the ones that are not of him and listen to him. Because my sheep will hear my voice, 
and another's they will learn not to follow. It's a process. Anyhow. The Lord sees what's in our hearts. The heart of the city was the temple. Jesus cleansed the temple. He will cleanse us as well if we walk with him. 1 John 1, 7. If you walk in the light as he is in the light. Who can finish that for me? Say it again, ma'am. Fellowship with one another and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We're cleansed. It's the already not yet. I'm already glorified. I'm already justified. I'm already sanctified. I'm already, but not yet. I'm walking toward what he's already said about me. It's the already not yet. It's the patterns in scripture. There's already been Nero and Antiochus Epiphanes who've sat in the temple and roasted a pig and desecrated the temple. But now the pattern will come again, but the temple is us. I'm not looking for a temple to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. That's great if it does. God's not into sacrifices. He was one, and he's the last one, and he's the only one that we need to actually be thinking about. So when I see the nations and the elites of the world do a Babylonian, Luciferian, antichrist system where they begin to put together their agendas, which they've been talking about at Davos in the 2021 and the 2030 agenda, research it. When you see these things coming, draw nigh. Signs in the sun, moon, and the stars. How many people watch the sun? You can get on all these satellites and watch the sun. All the coronal mass ejections. We've had more coronal mass ejections in the last two weeks than we've had. We had, a, I think it was a G3, the most powerful coronal mass ejection coming off the sun that we've had. It was almost off the charts. Where's the watchmen? Where are the watchmen? Signs. In the stars, does anybody know what's going on on the 21st of December? Thank you. Since the birth, they say, 800 years. Some people say since the birth of Christ, Saturn and Venus aligning. Signs. Go to the YouTube, the two preachers. The first 10 minutes of their video shows every catastrophic event that's been going on for about five years. It's multiple across the world Horrific things going on. The news is silent. Because you're not getting news. You're getting an agenda. The Lord conceals his truth. And it's the glory of kings to search it out. So what's going on in the sun? Somebody should be watching it. What's going on in the stars? Somebody should be watching it. What's going on on the earth? Somebody should be watching it. If we truly are the government on the earth. We know we're not going to reform this earth. We know that the Lord has given the devil a lease for a season. But his lease is about to come up. And we were called 
to rule and reign with him at this hour. And it might not look like we're doing nothing. I sit and wait to see who's got the message from the Lord in their mouths. Prepare. Warn the people. This is the hour. Jellyfish. 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 It's time for the God's real leaders to come and stand up. It's time for those hidden ones that have been hidden, prepared by him, not following a man, but following the man. No disrespect to any of the leaders. They've done their job, and praise God. And a lot of people are doing good things. But I'm telling you, God is about to erupt like a volcano in the heart of those that have been hidden in him. And he is saying, come forth, my beloved. Come forth, my beloved. So my charge today is to, let me just read this. The Lord wants us to be aware. You could just drop the mic right there. The Lord wants us to be aware. He wants us to take notice of the things going in and around us. The CME, the solar wind, the star alignments, the record-breaking storms, the global lockdowns, the Middle East peace deal. Could we just, I could go on. For pages, I could go on. Yes. He wants us to listen and to receive, hear and obey. He wants us to turn away from evil. Simply having a knowledge of the Scriptures doesn't guarantee the knowing of the living Word. I want to read something to you. Go to Hebrews 4, and then I'm going to play a song. How many know that this written word is called the Logos, and that's just what we read? This is just what we read. This is ink on paper, right? Now, it's, it's breathed by God, amen? But I want to introduce you to someone. Hebrews 4, verse 12, For whatever God says to us is full of living power. So when we read his word, it's full of living power. So let's live in that living power. Let's just live in that. No, 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 I don't want to get out of the shower. I love how hot the water is. I need about five tanks because I'm not getting out. It's time to be a glutton in the presence of God. It's time to be an overeater. For whatever God says to us is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into our inmost thoughts and desires with all their parts, exposing us for what we really are. That's why we read the Word of God, because it's like a mirror. It exposes. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Now I'm reading verse 13. He knows about everyone everywhere. Now, it just switched. It said, he. He knows about everything, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from him to whom we must explain all that we have done. When you read the Word of God, the Word of God, like a schoolmaster, will teach you and reveal Christ 
the living word. Sometimes in my studies I'll be reading and then I'll start weeping and the spirit of God will begin to move. And now I realize that I'm, I'm not in the outer court anymore. I've come through the veil and now I'm eating the showbread off of the heavenly table and the word is revealed to me. Jesus manifests himself. Same God, Abraham, come here outside the tent. Let's go look at the stars together. Jeremiah said, and the word of the Lord appeared unto me. It wasn't just a word, it was the word. The word raised up Samuel. It wasn't raised up by Eli. Where are those who have been raised by Christ? It's time to arise. And not in our own strength. Listen to me. I'm not saying we walk around in three bears slinging tracks everywhere. I'm saying let's love with fierce love. And let's not listen to the lies. But listen to the Holy Spirit. In quietness. Come away from the drama. Come away and just sit. And walk out like Daniel did. Unscathed by the lions that represented the evil men of his day. Every animal in scripture is symbolic of a physical reality that was going on right then, right there. Who are your lions? My greatest lions have been in the house of my brothers. Those have been my greatest lions. But there is a lion that will come and he will roar. And I believe that's what he's doing today. He's saying, wake up, smell my roses not the ones that are presented to you, and follow me. Follow me. If you'll play that Pursuit song, that'd be awesome. This song's real quiet, but I want to just tell you real quick, while that's about to be queued up, if you truly believe that Christ is living in you, then steal yourself. Steal your spirit, soul, and body. Steal, S-T-I-L-L. Steal yourself. And let the fire be lit within you. Amen? Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.